0: Hey everyone, Alan Smithson here. Today, we're speaking with Michael Jensen, CEO of Labster, a venture-backed, award-winning company that focuses on revolutionizing the way science and safety is taught at companies, universities, colleges, and high schools all over the world. They started with creating multi-million dollar science labs in a VR headset, and now they're ready to take on the enterprise training world. All that and more coming up next on the XR for Business podcast. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, Alan. Thanks so much. Honored to be here. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure to have you. I know you were on my partner and wife, Julie's podcast, XR for Learning, and I learned all about how Labster is revolutionizing how we teach science and making it more exciting, gamified, but also bringing the opportunity to create multi-million dollar science labs
1: for the cost of a cup of coffee. So let's unpack that. Michael, how did you get into this? Yeah, so so it actually started about nine years ago when uh, my co-founder and I uh, saw an opportunity to create much more engaging online learning content uh, for students and learners around the world. Uh, basically, most people were learning in, in very boring, non-engaging formats, uh, as we saw it. And at the same time, we saw these billions of dollars being invested into the, the gaming industry to create really engaging uh, games. And we thought, why not find a way to combine and merge the, the learning world and the gaming world in a more engaging way so that we can engage learners in the content, make them more excited about the topics, but also use uh, these mechanisms to help them understand some of these more complex concepts in a much better way. Walk people through what a typical lab Labster Lab looks like and why this is exciting. There's two main components that we really looked at. One is engagement, as I just talked about, and the other one is, is time-saving, cost savings. And so what we looked at, is how can we best address some of the biggest challenges in the industry by, for instance, creating virtual training, similar to a flight simulator that was revolutionizing pilot training. Uh, And then create, for instance, virtual laboratories to simulate uh, dangerous experiments or dangerous uh, scenarios uh, like safety training. Uh, And then that way help the universities uh, in our case, as well as high schools, but now also uh, corporates uh, dramatically reduce their costs uh, and saving as well as the time spent on this training. And we did um, did a huge uh, research project now. It's about two years ago. Uh, actually $6 million research project involving hundreds and hundreds of uh, employees uh, around the world in, in large pharma companies to really analyze and understand does this really help? Is, is there a way for us to create better, more engaging content? And if so, does that really help students or learners understand it better? Uh, and does it also help save costs? And uh, the, the results were quite overwhelmingly positive. Uh, it was published and peer reviewed, um, among others, in, in Nature magazine, where we saw uh, more than a doubling of the learning outcomes, as well as engagement for, for learners compared to, for instance, uh, standard online uh, e-learning training or even personal one-on-one training. So, so even uh, compared to a personal one-on-one trainer, we found that this virtual uh, immersive training format can be f- uh, far superior, both in cost as well as in engagement uh, and well as well as time spent on the training so really huge uh, huge opportunities really exciting Uh, early results there two years ago and since then we've really just been on a mission to create hundreds of different training simulations covering uh, more than 18 uh, different courses now Uh, and now in corporate training we're especially focused on the OSHA safety training so anything around safety training where we can see that Training is either very dangerous or very time-consuming or very expensive. Those are typically the areas where we can see that uh, virtual reality or augmented reality or even also just immersive desktop uh, laptop-based learning can have a significant impact on the learning outcomes and results. Where can people find more
0: information? I'm assuming that's the the CIPROS project that you were uh, referring to.
1: Yeah, correct. So on, on labster.com slash research, uh, we publish and share all the different research studies we do. And uh, yeah, there's more than 16 different peer-reviewed studies now. And the one here is especially the CPROS related uh, one, as well as uh, one that was published in Nature Biotechnology as well. Uh, it's a, very, a really great study. And we have also studies comparing virtual reality to desktop-based learning to really for us to learn and understand when does it really make sense to use XR or or virtual reality in our case? uh, And when is it fine to just use laptop-based training? Because there are specific scenarios within which virtual reality really adds a lot of uh, value to the training.
0: A business person who's looking into, maybe it's an HR manager or a training manager who's saying, okay, well, I keep hearing about this virtual reality thing where does it make sense to engage virtual reality versus augmented reality versus just pdfs or what they're already doing
1: now maybe video training so one of the key areas we found as well in the industry is that one of the the really hard things for instance for corporate learning is the engagement piece so really engaging the employees in the learning uh, is really important so that you actually you get your employee the employees to to train and spend time on the training. And one of the big challenges there is often that the the existing content is just really boring. <laughs> We're talking PDFs of uh, teaching safety training, uh, or often very short uh, in-person trainings that are very limited due to safety concerns, good, good safety concerns. And so, so I think um, anyone, any uh, learning department in a, a company who's considering creating more experiential learning or finding ways to engage their employees more, Uh, make them more excited about the learning, should really consider even any type of uh, immersive uh, learning. So we actually we typically work with companies to start uh, using uh, laptop based training. So 3D environments, but on a laptop. So imagine it as a flight simulator, but for um, laboratory training or any other type of manufacturing type of training, safety training. Uh, and then start with that, because that's usually the easiest way to get started. That way you get comfortable and, and familiar with the technology, get it integrated to the uh, learning management system and LRS systems and so forth. And then from there, our technology is, is cross-platform. And then what we typically do is work with companies to slowly adopt a virtual reality component as well. So any simulation can be played either in, in, on the laptop or in virtual reality. So once they feel like they have a lab ready, uh, we typically start with pilot projects, uh, where we have maybe a few hundred employees go through the VR training as well to see the results there. Uh, then uh, they can test it out in a more smaller scale format and get, again, comfortable with the practical aspects of using VR. And in terms of when it makes sense to VR, so what we see is that any uh, type of scenario that is, um, is hard to or typically requires an emotional uh, response Uh, to really practice it well, such as, for instance, an explosion or a fire in a laboratory. Uh, You can imagine reading about a fire in a PDF, and then you can imagine having it in a virtual reality environment. And if if anyone has tried VR, you know how immersive it is, and it can feel incredibly real, and you actually get an emotional response, which allows the employees to also train much better under those uh, stressful conditions. Uh, So a simple example also we have is around, um, we have a lab safety simulation where there's an acid spill, where the, uh, the employee accidentally gets acids into the eyes. So that's actually part of the training uh, experiment. And they have to then, with limited eyesight, you have to run to the safety station and what, rinse your eyes uh, and practice the process of rinsing your eyes in VR. So you see people actually you know, bending their head down, doing the actual body motions that are needed to perform such an important uh, safety training, which is something you, you can't really do uh, in a, in a, in a real-world scenario. You don't want to put assets in anyone's eyes. And it's hard to simulate limited eyesight as well in a stressful situation. So we, we really try to use virtual reality, the auditory um, experience, to recreate as close as possible to the real-world scenarios. And what we see, the, the effects that we see on, on virtual reality compared to, for instance, laptop-based training, is that the, the memory recall uh, is significantly higher. And we, we have some specific studies that dives a lot more into the details of it. But it's really interesting to see that if you have a scenario that uh, requires a spatial environment, for instance, where you need to practice in a specific lab layout, where the safety station, for instance, is a, in a specific area, uh, then when you train it in a virtual environment, you can much, much better recall the process, the steps of actually doing it uh, when you go into the real, uh, real lab. So that's one of the the big areas that we see the benefits of another interesting concept this applies mostly to conceptual training but if you have a if you have a very complex concept such as let's say organic chemistry or something uh, biology for instance where you need to understand more complex concepts virtual reality can really help the students understand concepts on a in a 3d spatial environment again and that also is, is something that really helps them understand the uh, the concepts. And uh, in some of the cases, we work with companies to train their employees on uh, certain pharmacology uh, research, for instance, so that they can better apply cutting edge research in their own research and find new innovative ways to cure certain diseases. So there's lots of, of great cases and application of VR, but I still recommend always companies to start first with laptops, get familiar with that, just run some tests so you also get the the whole uh, technical setup, the IT infrastructure setup to support that, and then slowly start adapting virtual reality uh, across the um, the different destinations. And uh, yeah, and that's driving huge results. And even one thing I haven't talked much about here, but I could quickly mention as well, is the increased motivation and appetite for learning that that it creates in employees is is really important here as well. Many companies struggle with actually engaging their employees in learning, and it's so important for companies to stay innovative, that their employees continuously uh, um, evolve their skills. And we see that when you use these immersive, engaging type of learning contents, it also makes uh, the learners much more interested in learning more. So there is this uh, reinforcement uh, effect uh, that helps uh, the company uh, increase their learning outcomes. And uh, so, again, any learning department who cares about uh, their employees learning more and being engaged in, in the learning, I think this type of technology has a huge potential.
0: One of the things that we keep saying and keep hearing from the industry is that learning in general or education and just training, learning is competing with AAA games, Hollywood movies, and social media. Yeah. So unless we're as engaging or as exciting as those three, we're falling second fiddle when
1: training people. And and actually what you're touching a little bit upon here as well is the ability to measure the, the impact, right? If we compare it, to different types of learning, it's typically very hard for a learning department to measure if it really is better. And we've obviously, given uh, our 16 different research studies, thought a lot about how can we actually measure the results. And um, what we find is that when you use these interactive type of learning formats, you can much, much better both administer, uh, but also measure the actual impact that it has on the uh, learners. Uh, so are they better able to perform the certain types of experiment or safety protocols and so forth? Uh, so even just using uh, these types of uh, trainings as an exam type uh, training is also a possibility where you can really measure in a much more realistic way if if they're really benefiting from the learning. We're really, really excited about it these days, uh, especially the, some of the companies, large large pharma companies down to even small um, uh, lab diagnostics uh, firms, for instance, uh, to see the impact it has both on the company but also on their their learners who constantly then want more. Right? What else can we now start training the?
0: <laughs> I can imagine this is never ending. So actually, that was one of my questions. So I'm looking through your labster.com simulations, and it's mostly science simulations, cellular respiration, chemistry, um, diabetes. Like there's, t- It goes on and on and on. I don't even know what eutrophication is. What is the process for creating uh, a new module, for example, and how much of it can be reused versus new stuff? Like when a company says, hey, we want to recreate our lab and here are the things we want to do. What, what is
1: the process for that? Great question. We, we actually built a whole uh, learning engine, so 3D immersive learning engine or platform. And that also means that we have a very high reusability of, of everything we do. So everything is actually modular. So you can imagine a little bit like LEGO. Uh, you're building a house, but then you can actually reuse that and, and reuse it again in other simulations. So, so we're getting faster and faster and faster as building these. And since we have hundreds of simulations now today, Every new simulation can be done, even in you know, if it's a simple one, reusing existing assets, it could be done in as little as one day. Uh, and we actually have companies who often take our training simulations and then they customize them, change the protocol a little bit to match their own uh, internal protocols or change the quiz questions a little bit to test the employees in different ways. And that can be done in, a, in as little as a few hours. And what we do a lot now in in corporate training, for instance, is is look at the OSHA uh, standards for safety training. Beyond uh, a lot of the higher ed training, we have also now fire safety, chemical safety, and bloodborne pathogens, which is obviously super relevant these days, and uh, biological safety, uh, waste disposal, emergency response, hazard identification, and so on and so on. So anything that really relates to the importance of safety uh, within a work environment is areas that we we're focused a lot on and we actually right now every single week we launch at least one typically two new uh, simulations uh, so there's a high demand and, and also high kind of throughput on our technology and platform these days so we, we we would often also in some cases if companies have specific demands we will work with them to create an entire virtual campus so we actually have large uh, enterprises where we we work with them to understand how do they want to train both their own employees but also how do they want to train their customers in using their technologies or machines and equipment. And in those cases, we, we work very closely together with, the, with their product departments to uh, and, and essentially convert their PowerPoint uh, presentation into uh, these much more engaging, immersive formats where we'll create the specific 3D assets and 3D machines of their equipment and so forth. And in, uh, in some cases, we build an entire virtual campus, um, So it's sort of a virtual training campus for a large uh, corporate and that allowed them to, um, to actually not only improve the training of their employees, but also open up a whole new revenue stream for them. So they can actually now sell a lot of this uh, training as well uh, to their customers or even some of their partners uh, around the world, uh, which is, uh, which is an, another very exciting opportunity for us that we're currently uh, pursuing as well.
0: You mentioned Lego and I, and I understand that you guys are Danish. Yes, and is that like a, a national thing where every podcast and stuff you have to mention Lego or another Danish company?
1: Yeah, so it's I <laughs> yeah I feel like so actually we we collaborate quite a lot with Lego. So I think in our case it's also a little bit extra uh, close to us. But yeah, I think anyone who grew up in Lego, I'm a huge Lego fan myself, and I think to some degree it's, it's hard to to show. But I think our builder uh, component, which is essentially a Lego for for virtual environments. Uh, training environments is in some way inspired by my young uh, days of playing around with Legos, building pretty much anything my imagination could foster, and that, that actually reminds me of an, of another important aspect of this. Uh, when uh, Lego, for instance, is is really known for their ability to uh, spark curiosity, right, and creativity in people, especially young adults, of course, but also in employees, it's very important to have. Uh, to promote curiosity. Now, you can imagine in the pharma industry where you have to constantly come up with new innovations to cure certain types of disease. diseases. Curiosity is super important. And so what we do a lot in our um, science uh, experiences, the virtual reality experiences, is focusing on not just on how we train specific skills, but also how they can apply those to solve real world challenges uh, and problems. So we've, we've, uh, we're very known for this in the higher ed space, especially where we, we coach and mentor students on how can they apply their biology, chemistry, physics skills to solve global warming or other types of really critical problems out there in the world. And you can imagine how we can do the same in, in corporate environments where we work with the corporates to understand, well, um, what type of creativity or curiosity uh, or new types of innovations are very important for them And then how can we create training simulations that promote that curiosity by helping them see how they can connect the dots in in new innovative ways? So when you're learning about uh, eutrophication or or any types of of important technique or skills that they might have to uh, learn, how can they use electrical microscopes, for instance, to come up with new ways of measuring or solving important problems?
0: Interestingly enough, you were part of the Educators in VR conference and people from, I think there's 150 speakers from around the world met in a virtual world, in virtual reality, in Altspace and uh, Engage and the Rumi platform. With this whole coronavirus outbreak and uh, conferences being canceled, this represents a huge opportunity for virtual uh, collaboration platforms like this. And what are you see as the next steps with this? Are you able to, in your simulations, also have multi-users and have
1: multi-person collaboration around the world? It's a really exciting opportunity for us. Of course, it's a horrible situation with the coronavirus, but it does emphasize the upsides of using virtual immersive learning or online learning in general. And yeah, The, the Educators in VR was an amazing event showcasing how you can actually host now massive online events uh, with thousands of people. Uh, in the same environment uh, all remote and, and and have a really effective collaborative communication around it as well so we we are actually focused a lot right now especially helping high schools and entire countries right now move um, their learning online uh, so for instance you could uh, Japan recently uh, just, closed down all their schools. I believe it was 2 million or so students was a, that were suddenly prevented from going to school. And they now have to suddenly learn from home where they have no science facilities, obviously. So, so we're actually helping build entire virtual uh, high school science campuses. And we do the same as well in, in higher ed, where we build a, an entire online biology degree uh, that works in virtual reality as well. And yeah, similarly now for companies, uh, it, we see the effects, but it's actually already happening because in the corporate world, we see very high cost of... Employees traveling from destination to destination to do the specific training uh, and hosting the employees in these different locations, when in fact, you could just ship a couple of VR headsets or, or even have the online, the laptop-based training uh, and massively reduce costs. So there's already incentives for companies to do this. They, have, they are already, and our, our partners do it already to an increasing uh, extent. And I think the, these types of uh, pandemics, like the coronavirus, will certainly promote or accelerate this adoption. And I think it will open up uh, training departments' uh, minds much more to the opportunities in this type of training, as well as the uh, impact. And I'm very excited about it in the way that it will help these people who have often been maybe a little bit resistant, like, yeah, VR, or, ah, yeah, well, do we really need this type of engaging immersive learning? They will now have to try it out because of the conditions right now and they will see, I believe, at least in all cases of our customers, they will see that the uh, the benefits uh, are are far superior than any other existing training that they have today, and at the same time they actually save cost on this uh, in in a big way. Uh, there's really, as I say, literally no reason not to to try this out and adopt this. And uh, all the research, all the existing applications and companies using it today should be a proof point for more and more companies to try it out. So so I'm excited for it, and I'm excited especially for the learners. At the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, we are a company that's driven by. the um, the engagement, the the passion that we can inspire in in all the learners around the world to come up with important solutions to global warming and other important challenges. And we see the effect here uh, on the learners as soon as the companies are pushed a little bit in a a healthy way to promote this new engaging type of learning. uh, We are scrambling at the moment just to keep up with all the the incoming sort of requests and demands uh, because of this uh, and doing our best um, to, to serve as many students and learners around the world.
0: You are doing some amazing work. How can people uh, get in touch with you and your your team uh, if they're interested in bringing this type of uh, virtual learning into their classroom or into
1: their company? So definitely go to labster.com, L-A-B-S-T-E-R.com. And then also go to labster.com slash corporate. There's a lot more information about our corporate uh, initiatives, all the research and work that we're doing there. And there's a, as well a little contact form and then uh, fill out the form and then we'll get on a call with you and talk with you about how we can help you and support you in this transition. Uh, we have an incredible team that's guiding our partners through every single step of the process. So it's very easy to get started and, can literally be done in as little as one to two days if, uh, if people are up for it.
0: You've probably already answered this, but what problem in the world do you want to see solved using XR technologies?
1: So I have a personal dream uh, that really is what drives every, all, every inch of my motivation here. Uh, my hope is that in 10 to 15 years, uh, we will see the Nobel Prize winner up on states who cured either all kinds of cancers, global warming, or, or other really important critical challenges out there in the world. And they will start by saying that it, it all really happened when they tried out Lapster and they got inspired. They got curious about learning more and learning new skills and acquire those skills that really ultimately helped them solve these important global challenges. So that, that's my big dream. And, and I believe we're definitely on a path to get there. Yeah,
0: I don't even know what to say about that. That's amazing. So thank you, Michael, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us on the XR for Business podcast. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes. This has been the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson and our guest, Michael Jensen from Labster. Thanks so much, Alan. Great, man. Thank you so much. Hey there, this is Alan Smithson, your host for the XR for Business podcast. We recently launched the free Global Resource Guide to XR Collaboration that's available at xrcollaboration.com. With literally billions of people forced to work and learn from home right now, we felt it our duty to put together a toolkit for organizations to learn how to deploy virtual, augmented, and mixed reality collaboration tools for conferences, meetings, design scrums, classrooms, lecture halls, and so many more. The reality is that these technologies offer a quantum leap beyond the 2D conference calls we're having every day right now. XR Collaboration offers something more visceral, a more human and more social experience in a time of extreme social distancing. We've assembled a coalition of industry leaders to build a set of free tools, including the global resource guide, directory, and a feature selection tool to help you find the right partners. The visionary partners for XR Collaboration are Qualcomm, Deutsche Telekom, Metaverse, Cleanbox, the Augmented Reality Enterprise Alliance area, XR Bootcamp, Augmented World Expo or Awe, and the Virtual and Augmented Reality Association. I want to send a special thank you to our visionary partners and the over 30 people who worked on this project. Your passion to help is absolutely incredible. Get your free copy of the Global Resource Guide and access to the directory today at xrcollaboration.com. To help this information reach as many people as possible, I'll be providing a slightly abridged version of the guide right here on XR for Business as a three-part podcast miniseries. Our first installment will deal with the basics of XR, including a glossary of terms, types of XR collaboration tools, and so on.